You're listening to the Superpower Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I'm really Really excited to introduce you to someone who, um, you know, we, we haven't known each other for a very long time, but, but I think what he's doing is so incredibly crucial. We attract a lot of the entrepreneurs and coaches and consultants and change agents and stuff here at Superpower Experts. And, and what I really appreciate about him is, is this super down-to-earth kind of nonchalant attitude about, um, you know, the coaching industry and, and how to do that and do it well and do it in integrity and, and not, not kind of get batted around by all of the get rich quick kind of stuff that's out there, but, but be solid and commonsensical about it. Um, so, so Mark Mawinney helps coaches build successful businesses. Like that's, that's his shtick. And that it's, I can't even express how needed that is in the world right now. But, but the, the thing that makes me giggle just a little bit is that he's got this show called natural born coaches. So I, I may be dating myself, but, but I knew exactly what the reference was to the natural born killers movie. Um, one of my favorites as well. So, so I am really delighted to have him on the show because he's got some great content and some really good pointers that, um, that he can share with you all. So without further ado, please, please join me in welcoming Mark to the show. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Tonya. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so delighted to be able to introduce you to our audience. Um, the, I want to jump right in and just ask you, you know, what are your superpowers? Well, x-ray vision, and then there's flight. Uh, that came about last year. And <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. You laugh. I bet we're not far from that. Come on. Come on. Let's, well, let's have hope about that. <laughs> all kidding aside, I'll tell you what superpower I don't have. I would like to get more of it, and that is patience. I'm probably the least patient guy in the world in, in some ways. But um, I would say for me, you know, superpower would be uh, the ability to take action. I don't overthink things maybe that comes with the whole patience thing that we talked about and then uh, it's consistency you know after taking action so a lot of the things i've done in my business when i look back at it i may not realize it at the time but you know I, I did a daily podcast for 300 and some episodes you know before it went to a weekly format and i've been doing daily emails now for probably close to a year and a half you know there's 500 emails there so i would say it'd be taking action then also consistency and for those of you who don't do podcasts, let me just uh, assure you that 300 some odd episodes is a ridiculous number of episodes to be that consistent with. What, what do you, why? Like, what did you, what was the thinking behind it? What do you credit with that kind of uh, persistence? Well, I'm part of one of the people I learned from when I got started. I started the show in 2014 and I learned from John Lee Dumas. I was in a program of his and of course EO Fire uh, super successful daily format. And I said, you know what, I'll do a daily format except my shows for coaches, not for general entrepreneurs as much. And what I discovered was after 300 episodes that um, I, I needed to find either change that or find a way to add about five hours a day onto my life, you know, and that wasn't possible. So I said, you know what, I've done enough of the daily, we're going to scale it back. But then it gives me more time to go out on shows like this one as well. Just for me, um, I think it's important as entrepreneurs that you don't get married to an idea too much. And I felt that I got enough benefit from doing those hundreds and hundreds of daily episodes 
that going to a weekly show wasn't going to hurt it. The show had momentum. We had an audience and a following and all that. And it hasn't, you know, our download numbers are probably the same now with one episode a week compared to when we had daily shows, you know, seven days a week, just we, we're out there enough as is. And it was the right move. I just felt it in my gut. Is that a technique that folks are using to kind of front load the episode um, kind of consistency and then, um, and then, and then kind of peter off? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing a lot of people doing, except what they're doing is they're launching with something like 20 shows and then they usually burn themselves out and then they don't release a show for a few weeks and then they'll release three in a week to try to, you know, kick some life into the show. It's on life support. Then they won't, you won't hear from them for two weeks and then they come back a little more. We joked around about that before we started recording. It's called Pogatory when a podcast <laughs> is and you don't know if it's dead or alive or pod fading. I've heard pod that term as well. And I see a lot of people doing it. You can do it any way you want. I say do at least a minimum once a week to get that traction. It's going to be tough to do it if you're doing it any less than that, but be consistent however you do it. So I've always been consistent. It was a daily show every morning, 4.30 a.m. Eastern time. It's going out every morning. Now it goes out every Monday, 4.30 a.m. Eastern time. I don't like it when podcasters release. Well, sometimes we'll release Monday morning and sometimes it might be Tuesday afternoon or Thursday night and all over the place. It's just not good. Mm, yeah, I can understand that. So why, why podcasting? Like, where did all that come from? Well, I wanted to do something else to get the word out there from my coaching business. And there's so many choices, you know what it's like, you've got a million choices of things to do. So I looked at all of them. I thought, okay, am I going to really hammer videos hard with YouTube or is it going to be blogging or is it going to be writing books and all this? And it just something about podcasting stood out because I'd been listening to podcasts for years, probably since I would say 06, 07, I'd been listening to podcasts, had no clue how to put one together, but I'd been listening to them and I was comfortable and I knew kind of the format for shows and all that fun stuff. So I didn't overthink it. And that's been the story of my life. I mean, my life before coaching years ago was in real estate. When I was 21 years old, I just decided one day, Hey, I'm going to get my real estate license and sell real estate. You know, once I was uh, finishing up university, I said, Hey, I'm going to start real estate. And I jumped before I had a chance to talk myself out of it. And usually it works for me. Sometimes it, it's hurt me, <laughs> but it's actually helped me more than it's hurt me. So I always have kind of a bias for action. You're so funny. So I could pick your brain all day long about, about your choices in business, but let's talk a little bit about the kind of getting into assisting coaches and, and kind of being the coaches coach, I guess, you know, what is, what did, where did that come from? How'd you go from real estate into that? Well, when I first started coaching, I had the most broad I won't, won't say focus because there's no focus. I said, Hey, I want to help entrepreneurs. <laughs> you know, that was my background. <laughs> And um, I had a very simple test to work with someone. If they could fog a mirror or if they had a pulse, then, hey, come on board. You know, I'll work with you. <laughs> and um, what I realized was working, I had some bricks and mortar traditional type entrepreneurs. And, but I was working with two coaches as clients. And those calls were the ones I was having the most fun on. And I was enjoying it. And I was pumped up and had, you know, that energy for it. I just really enjoyed helping coaches with their marketing and setting up their programs and all that stuff. And I didn't enjoy working with Joe, the plumber. And I'm just using that as an example. I didn't work with any plumbers, but you know, I didn't enjoy that sort of traditional bricks and mortar type business as much. And so one day I just said, you know what, I'm enjoying this way more than that. I'm going to cut off the other. Anyone that comes to me now 
if that's, if that's in more of a traditional business that's looking for a business coach, I refer them off. I only work with coaches and that's it. And I think that's an important thing for people to do. There's no sense hanging on to something you're not enjoying doing. If there's a niche or something that you really like, then just go with that. It's going to be a lot easier that way. And how do you, like, that, that kind of conversation is so powerful. And what I find is that people are really fearful to do that, right? Like, we're afraid to say, well, I'm just going to work with these people because then it feels like you're cutting off, like, 99.9% .9 of the population as potential clients. But what I find is the exact opposite happens. Like, people's businesses really flourish when they're willing to get kind of that super, super niche. Um, what, what advice do you have for people in – kind of making that leap and then maybe technically how to go about that or how to choose really. Well, you don't want to be too general. And that's a problem I'm seeing in the coaching world is I'm seeing a lot of people that want to work with anybody. They say, Hey, I can, you know, you see it a lot with life coaches, you know, and, and people say um, I can help uh, people make more money and have better relationships and lose weight and have more spirituality and everything that's out there. And then they don't end up attracting anybody because they're a mile long and an inch deep. So you have to get rid of that fear of missing out on potential clients because there's 7.5 billion people in the world. You're not going to be able to work with all of them if they want to hire you. <laughs> Unless you really are a superhero. Maybe there's people listening that have real superpowers too. <laughs> so um, you have to cut them off. And it, it, there is a fear that way. I think I had that fear a little bit too, but I just kind of jumped into that abyss and said, let's see what happens. And it's worked out. So it's hard at first to get your head wrapped around it, but once you do it and, and you, you, you'll just breathe a sigh of relief, ah, this is who I should be working with. And it's not that you're going to have it all figured out right away. Usually people have to start out a little more general and then they see who they're attracting. So if they've attracted 15 clients and let's say 13 of them are middle-aged women going through, um, to picking up the pieces after divorce, for example, then there's probably a good chance that if that's who they're attracting. Maybe they should look at serving that market and forget mm. about the 20, five-year-old males who are you know graduating college and looking for a career don't worry about that focus on the people that you're attracting oh wow that's perfect advice and then and then other than that the idea of you know getting very specific in the niche what what other advice do you have for people who are listening who you know maybe they're in an employment position that they've been in for quite a while or a profession or something that and they're wanting to transition out. Do you, do you work with folks in that space? And, and if so, what, what advice would you offer them? I do. Yeah. I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people who've transitioned over from a nine to five and then become coaches full time. I always caution people not to do, uh, do you remember the movie Jerry Maguire when he quit and he took the fish? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, who's with me? And who's with me? Lene Zellweger was the only one that went with him. Um, don't do that Jerry Maguire speech there because, um, or, or don't tell off your boss or just storm out of there because it's going to take time to build up your coaching business. So, you know, not saying it's going to take 10 years if you can, but if you can, keep the, uh, that income coming in from your job, view that job as an investor in your coaching business. And then you have to be very dedicated in your off hours from your nine to five. You're going to have to work a lot of evenings, weekends, early mornings, but you can do it. And I've had clients that can get more done when they're working a quote J-O-B and then doing coaching on the side, they have only 20 hours a week to put towards their coaching. They've gotten more done in 20 hours a week than someone who's a quote full-time coach, but's playing Farmville and Candy Crush and, you know, talking about Trump and Hillary and stuff all day on Facebook. They're just distracted and it's not very focused. So I, that's what I would say. You can manage it. Just you have to be, you, what I always say is you can build a, a, a coaching business 
part-time, but you'll have to put in full-time effort when you're doing it. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Well, and I think the, the other piece that's so valuable there is, is I'll really affirm what you're saying is, is I find that the alternative, if people do jump ship and, and now they're trying to figure it all out, two things happen. One, you know, when I left government the first time, when I was a, I was a federal agent, I was just done and that was it. I was going to go run my business, everything. I think I sat on the couch for like two weeks first realizing like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I'm doing. And this is really scary. And now I'm my own boss. And, it, you know, it was like, even though I was very autonomous as an agent, it was still pretty well scripted. Like, you know, the, the counterintel industry is pretty well kind of formulaic. And, and this wasn't. And so, so there was that kind of like, uh-oh, you know, what do I do here? And then the second piece is, you know, I find that if, if that, there's not that steady stream of income and people are really relying on a brand new venture, to support them right away. I mean, one, that's a lot of pressure to put on. It's like, it's like birthing a baby and demanding it run. You know, it's like, that's well, I've kind never, of, I've never birthed a baby, but I can imagine it's pressure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, and then the second piece is, is just the amount of time that's wasted in worry, you know, worry and stress is a huge time suck and, and, yeah. and it kills efficiency. And so, so I think what you're talking about is really brilliant advice. Um, but we don't see that, you know, I, I don't know what it was or where we got started with like this initial wave of like, um, you know, ideology that said, you know, you know, forget everything and, and start afresh and, and find your passion and make a business out of it. And, um, you know, I don't know that we were being totally honest in that story um, about what all goes into it, um, you know, just with even the podcast around the idea that, that it, there's, there, it's work, you know, it's easy to start. Um, but, but there's a lot that goes into it and yeah. then the, the consistency and staying with it and continuing, even when you don't have the audio, you know, all of a sudden you realize like maybe the whole world doesn't just automatically want to hear what you have to say. Um, you know, and, and so there, there, there's some, some elements there. And so I really appreciate that you're guiding people in the sense that, you know, yes, you know, for sure. I took a huge leap of faith and, you know, sank a few times and, you know, pulled myself back up and all these other things, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, yeah, well, there, there's a much easier way to go about it. Yeah. And people can detect if you're needy. There's a saying in the prosperous coach, Rich Lipton and Steve Chandler say needy is creepy. And I think that's true. So if you're going out there and uh, <laughs> you're, if you're surviving on water and uh, your cat fluffies food or something <laughs> like that, and you're in, that's not a good place to be in mentally, right? No. There's a saying that I love. It says, if you, um, can't afford to pay the light bill, you can't light up the world. So if you suddenly ditch your, your job in corporate or wherever and you say, screw it, I'm going to, you know, achieve my dreams and I'll put up my little kitten poster, you know, hang in there in my home office and it'll be fine. Well, then you're going to get pretty stressed out with everything going on and you're going to feel like taking on clients that you really shouldn't be working.
working with just because they've got money. So not suggesting that you do a 10 year exit plan, but you know what, if it takes three, six months or so to make that transition over, that's not bad at, at the end of the day, you know, you can do that if you see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that that's the approach that I prefer. You shoot to hit a single or a double instead of a grand slam right off the hop because you could really stress yourself out and end up just going broke and being depressed and in a bad state doing it that way. So <laughs> nothing wrong with keeping your nine to five for a little bit just to help fund the coaching business as it's getting off the ground. Dude, you had me at needy is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that claim was... credit for that. That's why I gave Rich and Steve the credit. Uh, I should maybe. Yeah, I have a great saying. I say this. <laughs> I made it up uh, 20 years ago, and I say it all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, unfortunately, there's a there's a fair share of that fair mm. share of that out there as well. Oh, um, yeah. oh my goodness, that was awesome. And and it and it and it's what I find too is when people do it and follow kind of that natural flow of things then it's obvious when you can transition out even further or even, you know, Tim Ferriss and the whole four hour work week talks about the concept of, you know, you can work even potentially within your structure and, and telecommute or whatever, you know, there are ways to, to work around and, and to kind of make moves in that direction. Um, if you're willing to put the time in to be a little bit strategic and, and then, you know, I've worked with plenty of people that they they only really truly perform and face their stuff in tumultuousness so it doesn't really matter how much you caution them to be you know to use common sense and to kind of take baby steps they, they they will always create scenarios for themselves that require them to kind of sink or swim um and and some people really only perform when they've burned all their bridges so it's um you know just despite all the evidence and, and i can't say always i think that they get to a place where they kind of plateau out and mature a little bit and now they they, they don't need that experience anymore um, but a lot of folks, that's kind of what motivates them. And so, um, but just know that that's not necessary. And, you know, for all of you out there kind of thinking that, it, you know, actually, uh, this just came to me where I see people doing that is when they, they, they try to kind of, they, they've kept that kind of flame inside of them down too long. And, and they, they haven't started making moves and letting that out or their creative energy, they haven't allowed it to flow. And so, so when they finally are willing to acknowledge it, it just explodes like all over them and everybody else. Um, and, and so there's a lot to be said for knowing that you can do both and kind of kind of ease into it. And maybe that'll give people the courage to start giving that creative aspect of them or maybe that, that guided mission, whatever they want to do in the world, um, a little more voice and then a little more voice and, and, and baby stepping into it in that way. Um, I think that, that that may be some of what's going on there for folks. Mm, definitely. So, well, very cool. Well, I, I love talking with you. And I, and I encourage all of you out there that if you are, um, you know, making that transition or you're coaching and you can't quite figure out how to make it successful, it's not, it hasn't been quite as successful as you want it to be. I recommend that you look into Mark's stuff. And, and wh where can we send people to find out more? Well, there's naturalborncoaches.com, not naturalbornkillers.com. That won't get to me, but uh, <laughs> naturalbornkillers.com. I've got a Facebook group as we're recording this. There's about 6,000 coaches in there, but when we're released, we'll, we'll be quite a bit higher, and that's called The Coaching Jungle. So that's at thecoachingjungle.com. And then I have a print newsletter for coaches. Sounds very old-fashioned, but it works. And that's called Secret Coach Club, and that's at secretcoachclub.com.
Awesome. Well, very cool. We'll make sure we've got those links in there for all of you. Um, Mark, what, one, one more question I want to ask you. So what advice do you have to offer people who really want to come out in a bold way? Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're looking to harness a new superpower of their own. Um, you know, what advice would you offer them? Well, it's not terribly original, but I think it's important. And that's uh, stop caring about what other people think about you. Mm. And I think that's probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest um, thing holding back most people is they're worried about what that guy that's sat next to them in grade 10 chemistry thinks about them becoming a motivational speaker, for example, or whatever they're doing, or a coach. I see that a lot in this world. So if you can develop um, a rhino-like hide over your skin, a very thick skin, mm. and not care about all that stuff, it's tough to do it. But if you can master that little trick, then you'll be unstoppable. Unfortunately, most people don't. They um, and, and I'll give a suggestion, a great book to read, which not a lot of people know about. It's my favorite book. It's called Thick Face, Black Heart by Chen Ning Chu. It was written in 1991, I believe. And that's, um, that's an awesome book for that exact thing, just to be able to deflect people's criticism and develop a thick skin. So thick face, black heart. Mm, very cool. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And, and to all of you out there listening, like I said, I really recommend that you, at, at the very least, I've really enjoyed just kind of watching what you're putting out on Facebook. And it's a great reminder um, that, that, you know, we don't, we don't have to walk the tightrope. We can stand solidly on the ground and, and, and still have an impact and probably even have a, a better chance of an impact. So thanks mm. for everything you do, Mark. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, Tonya. Absolutely. And to all of you out there, as always, we appreciate your loyalty. And until next time, go out, uncover your superpower and change the world. Take care, everyone. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and discover your superpowers today.